So, Father, we, we are gathered in Jesus' name, and our hope is in Christ, our identity is in Christ, our strength is in Christ, our fellowship, Lord, it's, it, Lord, it all comes back to what Jesus did on the cross. And we thank you so much for who we are in Christ. God, we're sorry for who we are in the flesh, but, but God, we are your redeemed, called out of this world and gathered together here in Jesus' name to be about our Father's business. So, Lord, would you lead, guide, direct, encourage, strengthen us according to that good thing that you have called us to? Father, it is so good to be a part of your family. It is so good to have a place in your family business. So, Lord, here we are. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our minds. God, we want to be open to the things that you would have us to see. So, Father, open our eyes. And God, best we know how, we want to present ourselves a living sacrifice. So, Lord, we're, we're bowing our heads in prayer, and we're opening up your word. And you just might lead us to do something. Lord, What? But best we know how, before you even show us, God, our answer is yes, Lord. Oh, but Lord, would you go before us? Would you strengthen us? Would you lead us? Would you make it clear so we don't miss it again? Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay, so welcome. I, I want to spend a little time talking about what Sam talked about, and that is the changes that are coming. Okay, these changes affect all of us. So let's go to the next slide here. This is a schematic of the basement of the Meyer building down the street. So who's familiar with the, the Meyer building? Who's been there? Like, okay, most of us, not all of us. So you have to go around the Warwick Theater, which is that big brick building with a white roof that kind of juts out. You go right around that on the other side. And this is a building that used to be the urban mining building which is now, it was always the Meyer building, but, but the, the urban mining was in there. Now they're up by Brewer's Kitchen, which, oh my goodness, if you don't mind spending $20 for a hamburger, like, it's like the best hamburger in town. Like, I'm not saying it's that you should spend $20 on a hamburger, but, oh my goodness, like, once in your life, you ought to go to Brewer's Kitchen and get their old guard burger. Okay, anyway, sorry. All right. It's on like uh, 30th and Gillum or something like that. Okay. All right. Where is it at? 31st. Okay. This is a com This is an absolute distraction. My fault. I apologize. Just take that 20 bucks and give it to missions. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'll explain it. Okay. All it took was a hamburger. Guys, quit being so carnal. Okay. All right. This door faces east. This is on the ground level. So if you're in the parking lot, 
okay, then this is the ground level you enter in here. This is the basement of the mire. If you're on Main Street, this is the basement. If you're around back, this is like the ground entrance, okay? So this is Walnut right here. This is the parking lot right there. Okay, so we're down over here to the south, down Walnut and across the street, okay? Now, it doesn't look anything like this. It kind of looks like a construction zone. It's not gonna be looking like this on the first Sunday in June when we're gonna be meeting down there instead of here. What it's going to look like is there is going to be a wall framed in and built right here down the center, dividing this up into not three rooms, but into two rooms temporarily because it takes a year to get anything through the city. Oh my goodness, like how can it take, it just does, I don't know. So <clears throat> the Lord knows. Now I, I, I don't believe you can get this many people in those spaces. It is not much bigger than the room that we have right now. So could we get over a hundred people in here? Well, we could, but you'd never come back. Like, okay. Um, so there's two sides. We're gonna be on one side in second service. The, the Spanish class is gonna be on the other side, okay, during the same service. I don't know which side we're gonna be in. It's in my heart to do what Philippians chapter two says and to esteem others better than myself. I wanna esteem Pastor Mata better than myself. And I just wanna say, Will, you take your pick. We'll take the other side. We don't even care. That's, that's kind of my heart. So that's what we're gonna do. Um, this room though would be sweet to have the kitchen access. So, I mean, if he picks that side, I'll be like. So I do have a preference, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force it. We could, we, but we're not going to. So, um, it may not look exactly like this either, but but this is the this is is what we're looking at. So first Sunday in June, living well class isn't going to be in here. It's going to be down there. Now, uh, here, let's go to the next slide. Okay, yeah. These are bathrooms here. So this is ladies with stalls and sinks. This is men's with stalls, urinals, and sinks. These are bathrooms, kitchen, a hallway leading into these classrooms. These are stairs that go upstairs. These are stairs that go upstairs. Here's another bathroom. This is an old dumbwaiter. You could like pull the rope up and go up. I mean, you can't do that. We got it walled off, but it was it's kind of cool. Uh, it's a death trap, but it's cool. So any other questions on that? Yes, Paul. Second floor is currently used for the college and young adult ministry in the second service. It's used for life fellowship in the first service. It's also a perfect reception area slash event space for people getting married and holding events. So yes, Deanna. We, we aren't going to just automatically start doing music. Spanish class, I'm gonna to talk to Will, so. If you cannot bring boom boxes, no, no. Well, I don't know, maybe. If it's a ministry, we'll talk about it. That'd be up on your shoulder. Yes.
We actually talked about that a little bit ago. That is an excellent question. I don't have any answer about that, but it's a really good question. So one way or another, we'll get it figured out. Will gets the big piece of cake. I, that's, that's my heart. Yeah. Let's be servants. Yeah. I've eaten plenty of cake. That's okay. So what is changing for living well class slash the Arabic fellowship? Well, first of all, we're launching the Arabic fellowship. Now I, I don't like to think about this. I, it is so exciting in one sense, because we've, Basically, what's happened is Living Well Class has been incubating the Arabic fellowship, but, but they've been a part of us, and it's kind of like your kids moving out, and, and it's like, I don't, I, I'm like not thinking about it. I'm not, I'm just pretending you guys are going to be with us because I don't even like to think about that. I know, but okay. It's like sending out Xander. It's like when your kids move out. I just hate it, but at the same time, I recognize it. Like you ought to try growing a fellowship on a Saturday in a church as busy as ours with a people group that, I mean, it's just what, what the Arabic fellowship has been doing is very difficult. And just for the last five years, just faithfully building that ministry up has been beautiful to see because it's, it's taken you guys laying down your life a little bit to do it. Um, but it's, it's time. How cool was that, that Sam officially recognized Wagi as not just a pastor who's at Midtown, but a pastor of Midtown. How cool is that? That's been a long time coming, right? He's been a pastor at Midtown, but like we have a lot of pastors at Midtown who ordained somewhere else and just, they aren't necessarily a, so he's like, that's cool. So Arabic fellowship needs easy wheelchair access, which we have downstairs with the lift. So Arabic fellowship is going to be in the boiler room. All other adult ministries are moving down the street because kid town, like we are a fruitful church. Praise the Lord. Our young adults just keep doing what they do and having babies. So, so kid town actually needs this space. They're out of room. Um, so we're moving, we're launching the Arabic fellowship. This will be the second fellowship that living well has launched. We launched what is now whole heart. And when, was, who was here with us when we, we sent out Microno and yeah, we were in the boiler room. We outgrew the boiler room and we launched Microno who started his fellowship, which they changed the name to whole heart when Mitch took over, which was a good move. So, okay. Yes, it was life cereal. Because Mikey, he likes it. It was a funny thing. Okay, so um, questions. Tim. Good question. Okay, right now, as it has been, junior high is on this side, high school is on that side. Junior high is going to be in first service. High school is going to be in the second service. Fourth and fifth grade is going to be in this space for both services. We just, we have to move stuff around. We've outgrown our space. So high school, second service. 
So good luck, parents, with that. That's going to be great. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Or, yeah, what's, what's not changing? Okay, we're still going to meet during second service. We're still going to do things with the Arabic fellowship. So, for instance, we still want to do our fifth Sunday potluck like we just did. That was so cool. We want to clean together. So we'll continue. So instead of living wells turn to clean, it's going to be living well and Arabic fellowships turn to clean. And we'll just, that'll be cool. We want to do outreach together. The Arabic fellowship has been going out on Saturdays and doing evangelism. We want to work together on that. We're still going to focus on fellowship and hospitality. I believe you as a group do this better than, than, than anyone else in the church. Whatever we need to do to keep the egg casserole coming, like, let's do that. Amen. We're, I'm doing intermittent fasting. So by the time we get to fellowship, like, yeah. So we're going to focus on discipleship. We're going to focus on Bible study. So there are some things that are going to change. For instance, when, when the Arabic fellowship is meeting somewhere else, we, we kind of need to rebuild our hospitality team because we're losing half our hospitality team. Okay, one last thing before we look at Ruth here. Uh, go to the next slide for me. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. So I have to look at that verse and I have to look at myself in the body at Midtown and in this class and just think, I think this is where God has me. I think this is where God wants me. So the principle that goes along with that is I'm not leaving the place that God has me. I've actually done that in my life. And I, it's one of those, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Don't like you do not want to leave the place where God has you. So the question is going to come up with some of you like, well, should I go with the Arabic fellowship or should I stay with living well? I think every like, well, if you've been a part of the Arabic fellowship, as much as it breaks my heart, you should, you should go with the Arabic fellowship. If you've been a part of living well, as, as much as it breaks your heart to see them go, like you ought to stay part of living well. Now, trust in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. If God wants to move you to go be part of the Arabic fellowship, because it's actually Arabic slash English fellowship, because you're still working on your Arabic. Yes. So it needs to be the Arabic English fellowship, but so, God, I, if God wants to move me, I have no doubt he can show me. He can lead me. But I am not. Otherwise, I, I will not step out from under the shadow of his wing and just go do something that I think is a good idea. I've done that before, and I just would tell you, don't do it. I guess, ah, okay, uh, Mar Marla. I know. I I. Yeah, I don't even like thinking about it. I really don't. I don't like thinking about the fact that. We'll see them on the fifth Sundays too, yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just a long way. So, but yes, it is. And that's the thing. We may have to figure some stuff out. Like we may have to buy a street legal golf cart. And or like Aaron's probably got three of them. But but we got to figure out like if we have to figure something like that out, we will. Right? Okay. If whatever we have to figure out to do the mission that God's given us, that's what we're here for. Like, let's like, we're not afraid of that. But anyway, okay. Um, any other, one more question? I, I, I do want to share something today out of Ruth. Okay, turn to Ruth. Okay. All right. Okay, let's go on. Okay, just quick review. Both Orpah and Ruth changed their minds. Ruth in a good way, Orpah in a bad way. You guys remember this? Orpah changed her mind because she said, yeah, I'll come with you, Naomi. And then Naomi's like, you should really go back. There's nothing for you. Go back to your gods. Go back to your people. And, and Orpah did. She changed her mind. Ruth's mind was changed in a good way. She had been transformed by the renewing of her mind. She had put her faith, her trust in the God of Israel. And for her, there's no going back. So, so you can change your mind. Let's go to the next slide. Like Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is where your friends and family are like, man, Bill, you're different. What happened to you? You're not, you're not going and doing the things we used to do. And you're like, well, let me tell you about it. I've been transformed by the renewing. I've been changed. My mind's been changed. The double-minded man, that person, that man, that woman, they're always changing their mind. They start well, and then they quit. Okay, don't we don't want to be like that. We want to be Ruth, not Orpah in that situation. Okay, now, now this week, I want to revisit the, some verses that we covered last week. And this is Ruth chapter 1, verse 14. Okay. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. Why did they weep? Because Orpah's uh, Naomi's saying, you got to go back home. There's nothing for you with me and Israel. You need, and so they wept. This is an emotional time. Naomi kissed them goodbye. Orpah kissed her back. In other words, yeah, waved back. She's leaving. But Ruth clave unto her. Okay. And then verse 18. When she, Naomi, saw that she, Ruth, was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Okay, so in between there is Ruth's famous speech. You're, you're going too fast. You got to stay there. I'll tell you when to go. Just wait. Okay. So Ruth clave. What does that mean? Okay, there's different ways the word cleave is used in the Bible. This is the past tense of cleave. But the way it's used here, to cleave is to cling. It's to grab hold of somebody. This is how the wrestlers do it, right, uh, right Fareed? Is this how you did it in Kazakhstan? This is the grip? It's not this, because then your opponent could just pull your thumb, and you're like, ah. So you get like this. I've been doing this all week. 
Yes. Yeah, I've been doing this all week as I've been studying out cleaving because when you're wrestling with somebody, they're trying to get away and you're like, uh-uh. And, and you, this is the grip and you hold it up tight. Okay, you don't let them go. They're trying to get away. Cleaving is like that. It's clinging to somebody. So Naomi's like, go. Orpah kisses her goodbye. And Naomi's like, nope. Ruth. Ruth is like, nope. And grabs hold of Naomi. She won't let her go. That's what's happening in our story. So, so Ruth Clave. Ruth is a cleaver. Here's where you go to the next slide. There's Ruth, Ruth the cleaver. Yeah, I know. He, he got ahead of me. I covered up Wally because he just always seemed like he never quite fit in that well anyway. You know what I'm talking about? Like Wally's just like extra guy if they couldn't figure out what to do with Beaver. I don't know. But okay. So all right. So what are we talking about with cleave? Uh, go, let's go on. Here's your strong's definition to impinge upon. That's to cling or adhere to. That's literally. Now, figuratively, it would be like to catch by pursuing somebody. Like I tackled them. I got them, right? To follow close to. So someone's chasing you and you're trying to get rid of them and they're right behind you. They're clinging to you. You can't get rid of them. Okay, so, so you guys see what we're talking about in terms of this word. That's what Ruth did. And so, so listen, Naomi is pushing Ruth away. Now, I believe she's doing that for her own good. I don't think Ruth, uh, I'm sorry, Naomi is being super nasty and hateful. I think Naomi honestly believes it's better for these ladies to go home and not go live a widow's life as a foreigner in Israel. Okay. However, despite the fact that Naomi was pushing her away, Ruth refused to be pushed away. She was a cleaver. She clung on to the person that she loved, despite the fact, listen, somebody, despite the fact that the person that she's trying with all her might to love is pushing her away. Oh my goodness, it just must have seemed like she wasn't getting loved back very well. Ruth is just committed to loving the person she loves, and it's not being received and reciprocated, is it? Ruth clave to Naomi despite peer pressure. Okay, now admittedly, there's only one other peer, that's Orpah. It's a small peer group, but 100% of her peer group had gone the other direction, leaving Ruth to stand absolutely alone, okay, in terms of her decision to not go back, but to continue to follow after, to cleave unto Naomi. Ruth clave, despite poor prospects. If I cleave to you, is it going to be okay for me? If I cleave to you, how's that going to work out for me? It's not. It's hopeless if you cleave to me, Ruth. Hey, I'm cleaving anyway. Ruth, there's nothing for you. Ruth is like, I don't care. I'm not letting go. 
I will not go back. Where you go, I will go. Your people are my people. Where you die, I will die. Your God is my God. Where you're buried, I will be buried. There is no turning back. I don't care how hopeless the circumstances are. I don't care how bad my prospects are. Here's what Ruth's, it's so cool, you guys. She's like, I'm not going to quit on you. I'm not giving up on you. Okay, check this out, you guys. Despite previous personal loss, Ruth continued to cleave. Okay, Ruth is, is a widow. She loved as a wife, and then she lost her husband. I just, I know sometimes, like, when people are hurt, just want to check out. I could never risk being hurt like that again. Mm. Ruth had had that kind of bereavement, that kind of loss. And the people she's trying to love are pushing her away. Her peers have left her to stand alone. She's got hopeless circumstances. You just know that little voice inside Ruth's head is saying, just go home. Just quit on them. You know, if they don't want you, you don't want them. I want you to want me. I need you to need me. Like, if you don't want me, then I don't want you. If you don't need me, then I don't need you. I don't want your chair. No, Ruth is just like, no, I won't. I won't let go. I won't go back. I just love that. Oh my goodness. Okay, despite poverty, you know what's really hard? You know what's really hard is to live in poverty and not be focused on poverty. To, to live in poverty, and yet my focus is on making sure I'm loving the people in my life with all my heart, with all my strength. I'm not letting go. I'm not going to change my focus. Okay, so so it is a, it's a deal. Like, poverty is not that fun, okay? Like, we, I've been there. I don't, I remember if, if we paid our tithe, we weren't going to be able to pay our rent. What are we supposed to do? I, I remember those. You remember those days? Yeah. Ruth, her needs weren't met. And yet she's not going home. She's not going to go home where her needs would be met. Instead, she's going to continue to just follow Naomi and just go where she's going and just die with her. She's not going to let go. I love that about Ruth. Okay, despite prejudice. Ruth was a cleaver. She was a woman, okay? Woman's place in society, not great. She was a Moabite. Hey, not a great reputation in Israel if you are a Moabite in those days. She was a widow. A lot of superstition that looked at widows as someone who was outside of God's blessing. They must have wondered what she did to deserve that kind of a thing. So, so there was prejudice against her. But listen, to be discriminated against and not focus on that, but to just love anyway, 
yeah, I'm going to the life that leads to more prejudice because I will not quit following you. I'm okay. So listen, Ruth is awesome. And the book of Ruth is instructive for us. You know, you could just type in Ruth and do a Google search, and it's going to bring up pictures of Ruth from the Bible. It'll bring up Ruth Ginsburg, too. I mean, there's some other Ruths in there, but, but to this day, when you talk about Ruth, everyone's like, oh, I know who you're talking about. Why? Why does, why does the whole world know about Ruth? Why is Ruth on the list of most popular names throughout the history of the world for women? Because of her choices. What choice? To flee. Yeah, in fact, in fact, right here in this passage, Ruth's cleaving to Naomi, I would just suggest, I don't know many people who love like that. It's pretty convicting because we're actually confronted with the Ruth Orpah situation every week with our relationship with God, with the relationship that with the people we love. And we are going to begin just now looking, this, like, like we need to look at this. What is this cleaving thing? Because I want to love like Ruth. Okay, so, so can you cleave like Ruth? Can you love the people in your life like Ruth loved Naomi, even if they're pushing you away with their actions, with their attitudes, with their words? Okay, so, the, well, yes. I mean, literally, it is humanly possible. But, but here's the thing. We, we don't always do that. Okay, so parents... I'll just say this, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, loving someone who's pushing you away, then you're, you're, you've never been married. And your children are not teenagers yet. I'll just say that. If you have teenagers and they're kind of normal, and if you've been married, then you have had relationships which the people in your life who are the closest to you that you care about more than anyone else in the world are actually, it seems, doing everything possible to push you away. Okay, now, what do we do? Well, we most of the time we do Orpa. We're just like, fine then. If you don't want, if you don't want to talk to me, I don't want to talk to you. Oh. Ruth was just not pushing me away. You're not pushing me. I will not stop loving you. I will not stop following you. I will not distance myself from you. Okay. If we, if we have to stand alone, 
if at, if at work, no one else is, is following Christ? Will I stand alone under peer pressure and draw near to the Lord? Will I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my mind? Ruth did. Okay, we are reading the story of Ruth today, and it should be instructive for us. So Ruth was a widow. She had loved and lost, and she didn't check out. Okay, so you've been hurt by somebody. You've been hurt. Okay. Orpah checked out. Like, we can't check out. So, but it's hopeless. Christine's never going to understand me. Okay. Well, even if it's hopeless, I'm just, I'm not going to let go. You guys see what I'm talking about? We need to be cleavers. That's what goes in the blank. That's our only blank today is, are you a cleaver? Put your face up there in the, in the picture. <laughs> are you clingy? Are you a grabber? A holder? Mm-hmm. Um, because here's the deal. Here's what, what it really comes down to. Did Jesus get loved back when he came? He came to his own and his own. Not that you loved him, but that he loved us. Jesus, he didn't quit on us when we quit on him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, I bet we could just go through and just look at all these different things. Did Jesus stand alone? Why? Why would he do that? For the people that rejected him, for the people that didn't love him. For God so loved the world. Jesus, it, it, there's no other way. He's like, hey, if this cup can be passed from me, but, but it couldn't. The only way forward was to lay down his life. It was hopeless otherwise. He didn't check out when his people rejected him. When they accused him of the things they accused him of. His basic needs weren't right. The son of man, like the fox has holes, birds have nests, but the son of man didn't have anywhere to lay his head. His basic needs weren't met, but yet he did not distance himself. He didn't give up. He clung to us. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself, right? The son of man be lifted up. He will draw all men to himself. Despite the prejudice, despite the fact that he was unjustly condemned, but it's like, I find no fault in him. I'm like, crucify him anyway. He's like, okay. And then he's up on the cross and they're mocking him. If you're the son of God, why don't you come on down? And the reason he didn't come down, because he's not going to let go. He loved God. He loved the world. He laid down his life for us. Jesus did this. And here's the thing that I just, I just wonder about. And here's our discussion. What's keeping us from wholeheartedly following after God and doing what, what this girl and Ruth did? Why can't we just cleave like she did? So that's a, 
not just a rhetorical question. This is probably a, something that honestly, every single human being on this planet struggles with. What's keeping me from loving the people in my life like Ruth loved her mother-in-law? We don't even like our mother-in-laws. And this is the person like, like, sorry, is anyone in here a mother-in-law to someone else? I mean, except for you all. <laughs> Ruth loved her mother-in-law like, like we can't even love our brothers in Christ. We can't even love God like she loved her mother-in-law. We can't love our, like, like what's, what's keeping us from being wholehearted and saying, I will not let go. I will not go back. I will not, like, like, Okay, so discussion time. What is it? Okay, go to the next slide for me. Okay, next. So in our, we're just going to do this as a big, small group. If you're married, don't throw your spouse under the bus. That's not what this time is for. Okay. But we want to have a profitable discussion that leads to understanding or decisions. Uh, let's stay on topic. Make sure that every that others have a chance to share, so nobody like takes a long monologue. Let's just have a discussion, show mutual respect, and then um, okay. So so let's go on next slide. All right, now here's some questions I have, but but Patrick, you had your hand up. Okay. You know, verse 26 says, and he said, let me, let me go for the day breaketh." And he said, I will not let thee go. Yeah. Yeah, so Jacob is wrestling with the Lord, which Scott gave some good advice before class, talking, talking to someone like, hey, you got to wrestle through that. And we have to wrestle through things. But then, look, yeah, don't let go. We're going to, next week, I'll actually be talking about where this cleaving thing fits in. It's not just a thing unto itself. There's trusting, there's cleaving, there's following, and then what that looks like. And so that, that's, that's really good, Patrick. Yeah. Okay. So what are some hindrances to loving like Ruth loved Naomi? How can we be like Ruth and not Orpah in, in regards to what we talked about? And then here's something that came to mind. It really seems like our cultural, in general, promotes passion and heroism in stories. Like you, you, you want the good guy to win, and it's always sacrificial. We could talk about Rocky. He's all bloody and didn't quit. In the end, he gets his arm raised. We're like, yeah! That story wouldn't be any good if he hadn't got punched in the face for the last 12 rounds in the movie. Like, like. He never quit, even though the odds were against him. Okay, so okay, so despite that, that we go for the hero who's sacrificially just loving and being faithful, the culture does not promote the selflessness required to be wholeheartedly uh, passionate, to be faithful. Okay, so anyway, um, didn't have to be on these, but... I guess this is my thing. What keeps us from loving like Ruth, the people in our lives? Anybody? 
again, this is really personal. Like, I'm not talking about you. Yes, Phyllis. Selfishness slash the flesh. Okay. What keeps us from loving the people in our lives like Ruth loved Naomi? So again, despite all those things that had to be informing Ruth, like you should just leave. Just leave that person. They don't want you here. You're Okay, so hang on. Uh, I think, Christine, you, you had your hand up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Lack of practice. Because so lack of practice and before you can practice it you actually have to learn this like you actually probably have to work through Ruth like we're doing and see, receive the instruction. And I want to be like Ruth. I want to love like Ruth. It's, it's a little scary, isn't it? Addiction and selfishness, those things are like, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to be okay if I love like Ruth because it makes me vulnerable. Yeah, okay, so Wasam. Fear. Yeah, exactly. Marla? Okay. Okay. So you've never received love. You don't know how to give love. Okay, Tim? Okay. So so Tim's going like a, a, a deeper level spiritually here. So <clears throat> Ruth loved Naomi not because she trusted Naomi, but because she trusted God. So the God that says, whatsoever you do, do it with all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Okay. Okay. I'm going to love like that. I'm going to love wholeheartedly. I'm going to love in faith who got, you know, what God says. Now, let's say that, that Christine's going to love me like this, but I'm just a froward guy. 
Like I get hangry and I'm just like irritable and I'm like, I being all mean all the time. Okay. I'm not abusive, just grouchy. But it makes it hard for her to just simply love me like Ruth loved Naomi. But she's going to do it anyway. Is she trusting in me? Who's she trusting in? And you get grace through faith. So what Tim is saying is to love like Ruth is actually a faith proposition. And faith, okay, is like the opposite of fear. Not fearlessness, faith. Like, yeah, Mark. Yeah, that's good. Did you guys catch that? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, they're, they're standing before, actually it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing before Nebuchadnezzar. He's like, bow down or else I'm going to throw you in the fire. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll tell you what. We're not bowing down. You can throw us in there and God has the power to save us. And even if he doesn't, we're still not bowing down. Our faith is in God and he's, he'll take care of us. But yeah, same thing. Now, it seems a little silly for us to compare you loving the people who you actually love the most in your life to getting thrown in a fiery furnace. But you, you're not faced with a fiery furnace, but you are faced with loving like Ruth or just giving in to all those voices which say, you don't want to cling to this person. Don't cleave to this person. It's not safe for you to be vulnerable to them. Ah, listen, what if we all just started loving all the people in our lives wholeheartedly, completely disregarding our own well-being, just because God is an all-in God? And if Jesus was all in, I want to be all in. I don't want to be afraid. And if it costs me my emotional well-being because Christine's being mean, okay, well, well, look. She's so mean. It's just no, I'm kidding. Okay. It's a step of faith. I love the book of Ruth because she is instructive for us. Because she loved Naomi in a way that we're probably a little convicting, but we don't love as well as she did. We don't love like Christ did. Okay, so um, that's it. We're out of time. I love you. Let's pray. And then we're going to keep talking about this cleaving thing at least next week. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. God, Ruth loved in, in such a way. She would not let go. She sacrificed her own well-being, as far as she knew, to just simply love the people in her life with all of her heart. I, I mean, I don't know if she was afraid, but it didn't inform on her actions. She refused to let go. So God... Um, we want to be like Ruth. We want to be like Christ. We want to be all in in, in in the relationships that we have. So, Father, would you help us to show love? Would you help us to, to you know, um, 
stay tight, stay, stay, stay together as a fellowship and as friends, Lord, as, as couples or spouses or, or Bible studies, God, help us to, to watch out for each other. Lord, we, we want to be willing to, to be offended and to be pushed away. But Lord, at the same time, we're not going to let go. We're going to continue to follow. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.